4-0, man, to just to think that, I mean, geez, when we started doing this some time ago, man, now we're 40 episodes in, we've seen this team grow, we've seen uh, the struggles, and now we're starting to see a little bit of the perseverance, man. It feels great, especially coming off yet another win and climbing the charts. We are no longer the worst team in the East, baby. We, we have a few teams that we can confidently say, based off the table, that they're worse than us now. Jay, we may be the hottest team in the MLS. I think the 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 heat and the momentum is real. And you're starting to see, if, if you read some of the, the reports that come out, people start to say, like, either the rise or heating up or getting it together. But you can definitely see... The, 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 the grand scheme of things is starting to really come together, and it's going to be a really fun uh, finish out to this year than, of course, coming off in a fresh year next year. But we are we're where we need to be, I will say that. Yeah, it's been tremendous, tremendous progress from the team recently. I'm sure all of us were excited to see the club get our third victory of our inaugural season here in the Wacky 2020. But... Jay, I know we were together last night. We're recording this podcast on Sunday, dropping it on Monday for everybody. But we were together sharing that moment last night, man, when we walked in to Atlanta. It just seems like Atlanta is just getting thrown around by us, man. I mean, like, it, it's not even it's not even fair to them right now. No, it's tough. And, and honestly, like, we will take that W all day. Um, but do realize just the Atlanta team that is – currently in existence is not the Atlanta team of previous years uh, due to uh, Joseph Martinez going down and uh, PT Martinez getting sold off to Saudi Arabia. Um, and honestly, I know you got some buddies at Atlanta United. Uh, I feel bad for you guys. My heart goes out to you. I'm sure this has been a very tough year on you. So, uh, you know, we're not here to rub anything in your wounds. <laughs> we are sorry. Well, Just keep your heads up. We know what it's like, man. We felt it many times this season. Keep your heads up. And just keep moving forward, and eventually things will change. We were together, my buddy that you're referencing, Nate, uh, diehard Atlanta fan, and actually shout out to him. It was his 30-year-old birthday party on Saturday, so we were down in Miami uh, doing a brunch. So big shout out to Nate Feldhacker. But, uh, but yeah, I got to tell you, the shit talking definitely has slowed up, man. I mean, we were together in Tahoe about six months, seven months ago, and that was the day that Yosef Martinez tore his ACL, MCL, whatever whatever CL that there is. It sounded like he shattered it. So <laughs> One of the CLs. <laughs> needless to say, the shit-talking has definitely calmed down to a point yesterday, man, where I think he was uh, not just drinking for his birthday, but I think drinking for his sorrows. Yeah, for sure. I mean, again, a win's a win, and we're going to take that all day. But, um, you know, it, it's got to be tough for the Atlanta United fans to see everything kind of crumble. Um, you know, they toast off their head coach shortly after uh, the MLS tournament. And now the struggles are even real. I think they only have one DP they're playing with now. So we know what that's like. But uh, welcome to the club, guys. We're, yeah. we're, we're, we're here to, to hold out a hand and bring you in here. And you know what? In the beginning of the season, it's funny. The two rivals that it was actually talked about were Atlanta United and Orlando City. And those are actually the two clubs that we've gotten our three W's off of. That that is a very good point, honestly. Um, rivalry is rivalry is definitely shifted in our favor, but uh, you know I'm sure that will change. I think Atlanta will uh, start to get on the right page. But without further ado, let's get into it. welcome everybody to another episode of the Inner Mommy Podcast. I am Jay Kington, alongside as always my dear friend, Mr. Alex Papa George. Uh, if you do not already, follow us on social media at Intermommy Podcast, on Facebook, on Instagram. We are on Twitter, slightly different. It's at InterMIA Podcast because someone stole – no, I'm kidding. We can't have more than 15 <laughs> characters, so that's fine. Check out our website. We do have a website. It's InterMommyPodcast.com. And shoot us an old-fashioned email if you're so inclined at Jay and Alex at InterMommyPodcast.com. I don't know if you saw the message that we got on Instagram, but it was pretty funny. It was like, it was something saying like, hey man, I was trying to find you guys, Inter Miami Podcast on Twitter, but I couldn't. I thought you made it really simple. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, if it was up to us, it would be much more simple, but it's Inter MIA 
podcast. Yes, do give us a follow. And if you would, it would be much appreciated from Jay and myself to give us five stars on Apple reviews. We we definitely appreciate anyone and everyone who has done that. We are celebrating our 12-month, one-year anniversary. And as Jay said, this is episode 40. So we're super stoked that we're we're actually still allowed on the microphone. So, you know, that's uh, something to say. But like we do tell everybody every week, go ahead and flip back to a couple episodes. We do have some awesome content with some players. Luis Robles, who has been absolutely playing lights out over the last few weeks. Jerome Kiesewetter, who's actually down on our... Um, uh, Fort Lauderdale CF. Yes, he's getting some playing time down there. And then Luis Argudo, who is no longer with the team, but he was a pretty great interview so go ahead and check him out he was away from the team last week and mr will trap ben sweat and dylan nealis go ahead and check them out it's good content and we are going to be bringing you even more of that so we are eager to do that uh it's honestly some of the stuff we enjoy most about this got some hot stuff in the works jay got a lot of hot stuff um and just to uh because i'm such a good friend i'll go ahead and get this this part over with as well um, shout out to the other Miami team, the University of Miami beat University of Louisville, <laughs> my hometown team last night. You can go ahead and say so, it, Jay. C-A-N-E-S Canes, baby. Big shout out, University of Miami. And boy, Jay, you brought a smile yeah. to my face, man. I, did, I didn't write this down on the script. You, know, you brought this into just, our world. I just wanted to get it over with. We're going to play FSU next week, hopefully. My Knowles, where I did go to college, my alma mater will do a little bit better than the Cardinals, but uh, our head coach has covered and our starting quarterback uh, <laughs> shouldn't be a starter. So, yeah, definitely. Stay our tuned best next player. week because the only team that's giving me W's right now is <laughs> Inter Miami. <laughs> yeah, big shout out to the Canes. Huge dub against Louisville. Jay is a pretty big Louisville Cardinal and obviously FSU fan. So, that was definitely fun. We were switching between the games and definitely getting rowdy and, you know, Whew, that was fun last night, man. That was real fun. Kane's out to 2-0 playing FSU this week. It should be a bloodbath. All right, so that's all we're going to talk about that. I did my part. I can go to sleep confident. I'm a good friend. Anyway, <laughs> let's move on to some positive news for me at least. Yeah, well, some huge news to come out. And like we said in the beginning of the pod, you know, we are right now one of the hottest teams in the MLS. And to see where we've came from post MLS's back tournament to where we are today is truly phenomenal. Over our last seven games, we picked up 11 points, which is fantastic. We've gotten three wins under our belt, two ties, and two losses. And Jay, don't look now, man, but but we're, we're knocking on the door, man. I'm telling you, we are not a team that anybody wants to play. Yeah, no, we're, we're definitely getting more and more uh, intimidating, I, I will say. Um, we are now just uh, just outside of the last playoff spot at number uh, 11. FC Cincinnati is ahead of us, Nashville is ahead of us, and New York Red Bull is uh, three ahead of us, which will be our next game. So we have plenty of time in the season to finish well ahead of that 10th playoff spot. So I fully expect us to ideally get somewhere in that uh, just being very conservative, four to seven range, but hey, we'll take whatever we can. Let's just get to the playoffs. I was actually discussing this um, a couple days ago, and if you take away, you know, the first five games of you know playing LAFC, playing DC United, which if you watch that game, you know how crazy that sequence of events mm -hmm. was. Then going on the break uh, for I don't even know however many months, two and a half months, three months, whatever, going to the MLS's back tournament, and then then going on another month break. It's obviously been a very stop and go season. But taking away those first five games, we're own five. If you just focus on our our games outside of that, we're actually in really good form, and uh, you know we are definitely. Uh, getting it together as a squad, Blaze Matuidi has been an excellent addition, allowing for additional support in the midfield and allowing to create more chances, moving the ball through midfield into the attack. And I guess we should probably mention this. I mean, we all knew that this day was coming, but it was made official. Uh, what was it? Friday, I believe, or Thursday, I think, when uh, when the team actually did sign Gonzalo Iguain. So we're only going to get better. Uh, we are now have a world-class striker to play up top for us. And, um, 
you know, he'll be here sooner than later, but everything is starting to take shape. We're starting to really see Jorge Moss's and David, David Beckham's vision of this team is starting to come together. So it's going to be a very exciting finish to the season and a very good start to next season, I believe. Yeah, a lot to touch on there. I mean, we have two games left on our calendar before the next stage of games are released. We are playing the New York Red Bulls on Wednesday, and then we're are taking on the Philadelphia Union on Saturday. So I'm sure sometime this week we will have the next update of games where we'll be playing. So, you know, Jay, there was a lot to touch on, but before we jump into the Iguain signing, which is going to be phenomenal for our club, really quick, man, we're, we're only six points behind NYCFC for the fifth slot right now. So, you know, to your point, unfortunately, we can't take away those first five games they were played. And, you know, unfortunately for us, no prevail, but don't look now, man, but we are knocking on heaven's door. We are. We are knock, knock, knocking, man. <laughs> and and honestly, New York Red Bulls is a very winnable game. And very I know that, game. you know, the, the Inter fans want a rematch against Philadelphia because we, we lost that game on a very quick lapse of defense on a counterattack. So everyone wants to, to definitely get back out there. And what's notable, especially about the Philly game, is we didn't have Blaise Matuidi. Our defense had certainly not really solidified, um, you know, the way they're playing now. I think LGP had just really gotten into the squad. So um, one of the biggest pieces of improvement that we've been seeing is just this defense really becoming one cohesive unit. Uh, Luis Robles has stepped up tremendously. Although, you know, there have been goals scored. I think we had 11 goals given up in our first six games and only four in our previous – or sorry, 11 goals in the first six game and only four in the previous mm -hmm. six games with 12 games being played. So Robles is stepping up. The defense is stepping up, which is tremendous. And then you see the midfield come together and our attack starting to really start to prod out there. So once we have Iguain in place, hey, man – we're going to be a, a, a pretty scary team, and, and um, you know, the future looks very bright. It you're, really does. You're right. And that signing of LGP, I mean, he plays his ass off out there. He, he is everywhere on the pitch and, you know, sometimes slipping up. But honestly, I respect the effort, though, that he gives out there because he is the heart of the back line right now as we know it. So to your point, too, I mean, our back line is pretty sturdy in the defense. Our midfield has absolutely came together, especially with the tweak in moving Will to the bench, playing a little bit more of a support sub type of role, and then Montweedy jumping in the starting lineup. And it's funny, you know, one thing that we shouldn't overlook is the fact that just because you don't hear Matuidi's name, you know, said, you know, every like, you know, 10, 5, 15 seconds doesn't mean that his impact of the game is anything less than what it is. It it's truly elevated this game, not just on a confidence level, but he does a little things out there, which has really helped this club. Yeah. So he's not a goal scorer. Right? I think he had two goals last season with, mm -hmm. with Juventus. He, that's not his nature. He is a defensive minded player. He is a, a, he gives his all. He's a very high energy player. So, you know, that's honestly, you know, as much as people want to see us add, add, add and add more into our attack, the biggest issue is going from the defense to the midfield to the attack, and that's the type of player Blaise Matuidi is. So if he's not on the ball, his positioning is, is, is somehow helping out whoever is on the ball. Uh, his, his mentoring, elevating the mind state of MLS players, you know, if they really want to continue to grow their game, they're going to listen to these people that are coming from Europe, like a Matuidi, like a Gonzalo. And the very interesting thing is Matuidi and Gonzalo were both teammates at Juventus, so they already have a relationship. So we have two guys who are coming over uh, in two different aspects of the field. One more you know, defense and midfield, and then one in the attack. And the knowledge they can spread, the, the, the information they can share, uh, just the strategies they can put in place with some of these players to kind of, you know, turn on that green light say okay i get it you know i'll do this in this situation i think will be the biggest impact outside of any goals that they score the impact is 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 mentoring a brand new team full of you know young players and some seasoned players but more on the the high level european style of play than the mls play yeah i don't think the I don't think it should be overlooked that Iguain and Matuidi played together in Juve. I think for it's, it's huge because for a team like us, like Inter Miami, the expansion element and the fact that these players haven't 
you know, develop that cohesion and that chemistry that, you know, clubs that have been around for quite some time and had some wins under their belt have developed. So the fact that they come in off the street, you know, both of them are newest players added at the same time. You, you, you know, you're damn right. They've been on the phone texting each other saying, Hey, you know, it's time to get going. You know, Matt Sweetie's probably telling them what's good down here and under Miami. And, you know, Iguain, as we said, is, is already on the practice pitch, ready to go. So, you know, we're looking forward to the addition, like I'm sure everybody is. But before we kind of jump into a little bit more of a game review of our game last night against Atlanta United, there was a match for the Fort Lauderdale CF. Jay, how that could turn out for us? So they ended up uh, actually losing to Tormenta, uh, which well, that's the team that was in uh, Georgia that, that no one really knows about. But yeah, we beat them on the first uh, go around. They got us this time. But Edison as Kona, uh, one of our very, very young players, he scored a goal in the fifth minute, but then they uh, brought it back level in the 19th minute from Curtis, sorry, Curtis Thorne. And then uh, shortly after uh, the second half resumed, uh, Luca Mayer Felton scored in the 62nd minute. Now, they did have a red card in the 90th. 94th minute rather obviously not enough enough time there for their you know having a man up to really take effect um but they did take the l but you know hey they are going to take some l's they have had a, a pretty yeah you good can't win season. them all yeah you, you, you cannot win them all uh but they haven't you know had a horrible season by any means so they're also a brand new team learn how to play together and uh once our boy jerome kisavetter really gets up to speed he's going to be a serious asset for that team so keep your heads up FTLCF, we look forward to more victories in the future, but let's bring it back to the first team. Give a quick recap and what we thought about this most recent win against Atlanta United, the third matchup. First one was a draw, second one was a win, third one was a win. This game was one that we had to have. This is a match that we needed to win. So it was great to see our boys go into a visiting arena and capture our first away victory of the season and take care of business. I thought last night there was a there was a lot of chatter about, you know, how there was a tale of two halves where, you know, the first half was a lot of action, a lot of dominance, and then, you know, kind of took the foot off the pedal in the second half. You know, some may see it that way, but, you know, I think another way to look at it that it was a complete game. You know, we didn't give up our lead. We had the lead for, I believe it was about 80 minutes or so for the match. So most of the action happened in the, the first 11 the, minutes. We had the second lead. We had the second lead. Be, we're going to get into that <laughs> yeah, because yeah, it yeah. seems to be a consistent problem for our club. Yeah, it's definitely an area of concern for the team, you know, getting goals and conceding the lead you know, with literally like less than five minutes from our goal. Uh, another area of concern, you know, just right off the, the tip was we saw the the teams, uh, you know, line up and their available subs and it was Aguadelo as the only, you know, true striker we had on the squad and there was no one else available on the subs who was a forward or anywhere in that class so you know when i saw that i was like well we're about to get 90 minutes of one and unless they're going to give like pellegrini a shot you know (laughs) up top by himself uh this is going to be a very interesting tactic i definitely had my doubts but the team was able uh you know to come out and, and and get the win lucky for us probably Juan's best game in inner miami i know he's been the target of some scrutiny and criticism as of late and you know probably a little bit deservingly so but with the acquisition of Iguain, his role is going to turn for the club so he's definitely going to be an important part of the puzzle moving forward but you know jay what i really saw was the fact that our team was playing really really hard you know the the goal that their second goal off breck's head which again we're going to get into that big beautiful blonde head of his but it was all done by lewis morgan i mean lewis morgan had the ball go out of bounds rushed over to get it threw the ball in while the defense was being a little bit lackluster a little bit sleepy hit pizarro on the on this really kind of the the edge line and Pizarro dinked it right over, hit Breck in the face and bang, there we go. It's up two to one. Yeah, no, that was a good turnaround. Um, Just the the initial first kind of, uh, or Juan's first goal, I guess, of the game rather, um, was a really interesting kind of sequence where there's a lot of ricochets, but he capitalized, was able to get that win. 
and then that was in the second minute and I believe it was literally like the fourth or maybe fifth minute when uh, John Gallagher was able to equalize. Now, to be fair, beautiful strike. Mm-hmm, I mean, mm-hmm. that's money all day on really yeah, you're any, not getting that one. any keeper. But when you, you know, kind of take a step back and see our sequences as a whole where we score and then give up a goal within five minutes, it's kind of more of the same. But not to take away anything from John Gallagher, beautiful strike, and then later in the 11th minute, uh, beautiful cross to uh, to Breck, who, again, man, you know, <laughs> so happy to see him having a, a revival and resurgence because I saw the potential as when I watched Breck as a, as a 17-year-old kid. Um, but to, to be able to come on and make that much of an impact with a new club that quick, uh, I mean, truly stellar, got us back the lead, and then we just finished out the game from there. Did have a goal called back, though. Um, we did. I, I think we had a second one on offsides, but one that went to VAR uh, with Victor Uyoya, which, I mean, we both jumped up, and I think I was yelling and hard flexing or something like that i don't know and then i don't we, know if we call it hard and then we but... just we just calmly just sat back down on on the couch but i think the the instant replay pretty much showed us at first glance that that was in fact an offsides and you know jay i gotta ask man when, when's this luck gonna change with the var for us man because we we gotta have some good mojo or karma coming our way sometime quick yeah i mean in in concept you know and, and just as an idea, VAR sounds like a great thing, right? I mean, who could be wrong? It's a, you know, it's a, an additional review. They have these kind of computer systems where they'll draw the line to really be able to see if you're offsides. But uh, if you do watch world soccer, you know that most people hate VAR. There's been so many cases where VAR gets it wrong as opposed to getting it right. So it is a love-hate relationship if it happens um to you you hate it if it happens for you you will love it but he was slightly off sides and at some point our luck will turn but at the same time we will continue growing and becoming the ultimate you know version of ourselves one cohesive unit and hopefully those offsides taper down once we're all on the same page with each other yeah bar seems to be a roller coaster for our club ups and downs ups and downs <laughs> yeah. and you know i gotta say unfortunately for us so does the scoreboard because yeah. every time we jump ahead or every time we tie it seems like that's just the countdown to when something goes wrong i know jay and myself were, were we were looking at each other on the 11th minute when breck put that in and we were like all right man like start the clock like five yeah. minutes here, well, it comes. Here, here it comes we're definitely gonna get tied up but uh but no, I mean, big shout out to our back line. I mean, you know, Jay touched on it a few minutes ago. That 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 shot by John Gallagher was fantastic. It was phenomenal. Nobody was getting that. Beautiful shot. Bet you can't do it twice. <laughs> well, he didn't do it twice. <laughs> but seemed like what really happened was that he slipped behind Fagal. I don't know what he was doing. It seemed like he was trying to play up, trying to help Lewis Morgan, even though Lewis seemed like he was pretty well in control of the situation. But as we know, once you have two guys on the ball, that leaves one guy open because the other person nobody's matching with. So it was left for Reyes to pretty much defend two people. He played the back player and that left Mr. John Gallagher in the middle, right up top from him. And he put in the back of the net. Yeah. And, uh, you know, again, props to props to John. Um, someone's got to start stepping up and scoring for, for Atlanta United. So he, he was able to do it that night, but, uh, shortly after we reclaimed the lead and, uh, and held on to that one, which was uh, very, very sweet, but overall, I think a very complete game, uh, defense again, just been phenomenal over the past, you know, three games, you really seen an improvement each game, uh, movement was great. The marking was great. The pressing was great. Uh, possession we seem a little bit more calm with everything so really a much more complete game that we need to continue because you know to be fair these wins are great but outside of Atlanta I mean not Atlanta but Orlando who is you know currently second on the table behind Columbus crew uh, I mean really we're played against Nashville and uh, in Atlanta United which are you know both teams in the bottom half so now with this kind of phase two schedule, although it was, was not as many games as I was initially expecting, but still we got, you know, 
New York Red Bulls and Philadelphia Union, both teams on the upper half. And then once that phase three gets released, it's got to continue to be teams uh, on that upper half outside of D.C. and Chicago. We, we played pretty much uh, everyone. So the games will continue to get harder, but the good news is the team is growing as well. But, uh, you know, beautiful win. We will take it all day. Again, we are one point out of playoff contention right now. Yeah, we'll take we'll take this any day. And like we'd said earlier in the pod, this was a must win for us. And, you know, there was one play that I really wanted to point out that was in the 68th minute. And, you know, we've talked about our, our back line a lot, but we haven't given the amount of credit, I think, that our captain, El Capitón, Luis Robles, friend of the podcast, has made in these last couple of games. He's playing absolutely lights out. And there was there was a goal that was for sure going into the net on the 68th minute, and he dove and blocked it. And honestly, you know, if you're thinking about it, right, you can either put in a goal or you can save a goal. Regardless, that's a point on the scoreboard. And in an instance like that, those are the those are the moments in the game, especially in the second half, where it was a lot more defensively minded, where those keep your team, you know, winning those three points and not just settling for the one. Yeah, I mean, we were watching that, and we really wanted a third goal just for that extra security blanket, but the team was playing pretty complete throughout the whole night. So, you know, even though they didn't get that third goal, we still felt comfortable with how they were playing. But, yeah, I mean, you know, you're gonna you're really going to start to see this defensive back four be a continuous threat to a lot of teams, and especially with Robles stepping up. I mean, he is one of the best keepers uh, in the MLS probably of the past 20 years and we were lucky enough to have him so you know great job to Luis I'm sure we'll have him back on the uh, the podcast at some point to give us an update but uh, things are looking good um, you know attack looked great well uh, you know what were your thoughts on the midfield yeah the midfield was I mean the midfield was exactly what I would expect uh, Blaze took care of the defensive side and like we were talking about in the last ma- match against Orlando about a week ago, we had a nice little break there, but about a week ago, you could just tell Pizarro is starting to play more freely around the pitch, which is really exciting to see as a fan because I think earlier in the season, what really happened was that he was getting thrusted into such a focus of an offensive attack that it really kind of took him away from what he's good at, and that's being a facilitator, being a the creative magician out there on the pitch to help set up people like we did see with the Brexche little lob and dink into the back of the net. So I think our midfield is playing absolutely phenomenal. I mean, obviously adding someone like Blaze into your number eight is going to help with the fluidity from the back to the front. So um, needless to say, I got to say, man, I think the backfield's playing great. Or I'm sorry, the midfield playing great. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. You know, in, in it's 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 a tough transition because you see people, and especially you know, say you're like a GM or, or 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 whatnot of a team, and and you're kind of pulling the strings, and you see someone who's performing great in one league or another, but you got to understand they're in a system that they are now comfortable in, right? And their role may be slightly different than what they're going to need to do initially in your new system. So, you know, having Pizarro thrust into that really our primary attacker, but also being responsible for the midfield, I think was tough on him. So now that we have these other, you know, pieces adding some, some more relief with the back line with blaze Matuidi uh, and soon with Gonzalo Higuain, it's going to open up Pizarro to be more freely. And when there is a world with a free Pizarro, well, that's going to allow for some beautiful things to happen on your team. I agree with everything you said. Um, always been high on, on Lewis Morgan. Think he's still playing great. Um, curious as to what's really gonna gonna happen with that kind of left attacking mid, that lamb or even winger position, whatever you do want to call it. We did see Breck, you know, hold it down, but that's something that you've seen game to game to game change, right? Whether it be Pellegrini, whether it be Carranza, whether it be Agudelo or Breck, you know, that's kind of the the, the uncertainty piece left. But Breck has been holding it down, so you know. I'll be interested to see who our kind of final five midfielders are with two CDMs and three, three, you know, free or playing attacking minded midfielders. Well, I think we're still figuring it out too. I think that again, we talk about this, you know, every episode, but we are an expansion team and let's don't lose sight of that. So, you know, you know, hold to your expectations where they must, but we are an expansion team. And I think, 
Diego's doing what he can to at least play with the lineup to see what works and what doesn't work. I mean, right now, you know, we talked about it. We're, we're a spot out of the playoffs, so it's not like it's going poorly. And I know we're all, you know, looking to be, you know, a top three team in the league immediately. And the reality is that just doesn't happen. So tamper our expectations. But right now we're still on discovery mode with the end goal being by the end of the season, we're playing our best soccer and rolling into the playoffs ready to make some racket. Yeah, you can really see that that Alonso is is really starting to have his vision uh, manifested, and in every game, it's getting better and better. I mean, yeah, we're you know probably not going to finish top three of the league, right? I believe that they wanted to do twenty four games, or maybe it was twenty eight when they announced the restart. But you know, either way, we're going to have at least at least ten games left, so. You know, expectations for me, where I'd like to see it, is somewhere in between that, that that four to seven spot. I think would be great, but I mean, there's still a chance we do well. And the the most beautiful part is, as long as we're at ten or higher, we have a chance to make a run. And as our team continues to get better every week, and as Gonzalo Iguain gets added to our team, well, then you know we could be a serious contender to make a a deep run. And you know, knock on wood, potentially don't want to jinx us, maybe somehow sneak out some hardware man because honestly the, the 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 west western conference isn't doing phenomenally great i mean really uh columbus crew is basically holding it down as you know the best team uh in the league seattle sounders lead the western conference with 21 points uh and to put that in perspective uh philadelphia union also has 21 points and they're in fourth place of the eastern conference so you know, Vela's out, Martinez is out, PT's gone, Blanco's out. Like, there's, there are some teams that will be struggling on the later half of the season as we continue to get better, and we could seriously make a run. Um, we already have covered the defense. What were your thoughts on the attack, though? Because we really only had one, and then what we're bringing in, you know, up, up front out of the midfield for an attack. Well, our attack. You know, hey, we got two goals. We almost got a third. And, you know, some could say we were about two inches away from getting our fourth. So the attack played well. Um, still have some questions in the lineup. Still have some questions in the formations. But, again, like we just talked about, I think everything's still getting worked out. And, you know, once Iguain gets injected into this lineup, things are going to get scrambled again. So, you know, I got to say that, that, that second goal, though, that – Breck started from the midfield and passed it up to Agudelo, a little, a little chip pass right there. And then Agudelo hit Lewis Morgan in the pass, ricocheted off Pizarro and lands at Juan Agudelo's foot was absolutely awesome to see. I mean, like Jay said at the beginning, we were literally just turning the TV on. I think within 30 seconds that goal happened. So super, super excited to see all that go down. And I think that that is just a continuation of the progress we've made on our team. Yeah, I mean, obviously, everyone loves a team that can score early. And, uh, I mean, it was great sitting down. Second minute. I literally believe it was the second minute when uh, when Juan scored. And, like, we just sat down, and the girls had just sat down. And next thing you know, everyone's standing off the couch, uh, you know, jumping up and down, yelling, high five, and all that good stuff. So, you know, it's great to see. And, um, you know, that that will continue. It, it just I'm, – I'm honestly curious as to why Carranza or Robinson mm -hmm. weren't on the available subs on the bench. Is there an injury we're not aware of that maybe happened in practice? Or maybe Diego felt like we could handle it with just one and then reinforce the midfield and defense later in the game to make sure we secure the win? Could be tactics or it could be an injury. We're not sure. But uh, I was very you know nervous at first about that. But, hey, uh, what do I know, man? Every time I think something's happening, I'm typically wrong nowadays, well, I feel like. <laughs> well, I've learned to bet against you. So, you know, keep that up. But <laughs> yeah, basically. But no, we t we talked about it last uh, last podcast, and when we play with pace, we're dangerous. And we saw it again here this afternoon. Or I'm sorry, last night when we were playing, and that's what it's all about. And you know, Big Breck Shea in the middle is just trouble for teams. He is dynamic in there. I know we were laughing because it seemed like he did a little bit of a jumping jack or his legs spread apart yeah. when he hit the ball. He's like, hi, hi, yeah, yeah. But uh, dude, 6'3", 181. And like we were talking about, plays like he's 6'7", 240. So 
excited for what Breck's doing with the club. I mean, I know there's been chatter about even him pushing up to a forward position, which I don't know if I go that far, but I think he's been playing great in the position that he has been. So, yeah, I mean, he can play, you know, every facet of the field, whether it be, you know, an attacking winger, midfield, or even a left back. He can do really do it all. Um, you know, he has had some injuries and in his career didn't blossom, I'm sure, to what he was expecting. It certainly wasn't to what a lot of the, you know, international scene was expecting from an American standpoint. Uh, he came out so spectacular as a, as a U-17, uh, U-20 stud for, for the USA. But he's, you know, he is really in line for a, a career uh, resurgence. And one of the key things that everyone should be aware of is he – went over to the EPL. He played for Stoke City. There is talent there. Even Ray Hudson said he was like one of the best players he's seen in like the past 20 years as far as a complete footballer. So, you know, if Brett continues to get into his optimal form, you know, taking into consideration, he used to play in the EPL. Taking into consideration, we got Pizarro, who's one of the highest touted young studs out of Mexico in recent years. Um, you also got to take into effect that Blaise Matuidi played for Juventus and PSG and has an arsenal of hardware. Uh, Gonzalo Higuain, uh, Real Madrid, uh, was it Napoli, uh, Juventus. So we have the players that have a lot of good experience that play at a high level and have played in Europe that are now in the MLS. And I think that gives us a serious advantage. I think, you know, it was interesting because we, we've been covering this team since before their first game, really since their first signing. And to see it, them get their initial signings in and then grow and, and get ready for their first game was one thing. But it is honestly completely separate from when you have all these high-level European players now. And now we're in the phase of seeing them go from day one to fully up to speed, fully in a system where everyone's on the same page. And the future is only bright. I really, it's, you can't be negative about any of this. You can't. And I think even the fact that Higuain signing happened is not just good. I think it's going to put some of these younger players on notice. I mean, the Pellegrinis, the Carranzas. I mean, we spent a first overall draft pick in the Super Draft to get Robbie Robinson. So I think, A, that someone like Higuain is going to teach these younger players a lot of skills that right now that mentor, that leader, mm -hmm. that, that, that senior person who's been there and obviously played at a world-class level for his entire career is going to absolutely help the development of these players. But on the flip side, I also think it's going to put some of these younger players on the chopping block because... There's not enough room for everyone, and you know if you haven't played well to this point, I I, I don't know how much playing time you're going to get moving forward. Yeah, no, I mean I think it's it's going to be tough on Juan because he's older and he's really looking for you know he's got to get something going or it might be his last kind of stint in the MLS. But he he came through. He's been playing great lately. He's been playing well lately. Uh, you know, it's I think it's going to come down to either Robbie Robinson or Julian Carranza. Um, I think the team is going to choose one of these guys to be their future forward. You know, Iguain signed a two and a half year deal. He's already 32. So, you know, he probably won't be playing in the league past 36 or, you know, maybe he will, but I doubt it. So he's going to have to mentor one of these guys, maybe both of them. And then whoever is the both will be the, the future of this club for the foreseeable future. But then you got Blaze Matuidi in here and then, you know, you see a salary cap. They just let Lee Wynn go. You know, it was what Lee Wynn, Roman Torres, and Trap. I think, were 40% of our salary cap already. So I think Torres is, is now – there will be a lot more eyes on Torres, which we haven't seen in a while. And there's going to be a lot more eyes on Will Trap, be, just because of salary cap, mm -hmm. I believe, mm -hmm. that, that he might be on the on – the, I don't want to say chopping block, but, you know, there might be a situation where they move him out and free up some, some money. Listen, at the end of the day, this is a business, right? And, you know, two huge names, Will Trapp and Roman Torres, who have been around the league for many, many years and played out of their minds and had phenomenal careers. But, you know, that, that, that would hurt because I'm sure at a capacity they offer senior leadership that we were talking about Iguain. And, you know, who knows? You know, maybe their role has already played their story, right? You know, maybe they have written their story into this club's history books by – 
helping these younger players. You know, I'm sure a Dylan Ellis wouldn't be who he was if he wasn't learning for people from people like that who do have the skills and who have been around the league for a while. But that's a very valid point, man. It really is. I but, think they paid the played the initial mentor role earlier and now we got Matuidi and Gonzalo playing. It's a different know. type of mentor, right? It Where is. Roman Torres and Will Trapp have been, you know, dominating the MLS for, you know, a greater probably the better half of the last five, ten years or so. Mm -hmm. But now you bring out players who have international experience like the Pizarros or, you know, the Matuidis and the Iguains of the world, right? Those are the players that you're now going to start learning from. So, you know, it's actually interesting because I think we actually stand on different sides on this because it seems like where you think it's going to be a decision between Carranza and uh, Robbie Robinson, I actually am looking at Pellegrini. And there's a big reason why, because he is our young DP player. I haven't been overly thrilled with the amount of effort and attention that he's been able to offer us this year. I do understand that with him being our young DP player, he's probably less flexible than some of the other players that we do have on our team. And, you know, we had talked about it last time on the podcast. You do make an investment in someone, not just for the immediate return, right? You know, he is our young DP. We did know who, who we were and what he was when we were signing, but you know, Going back to the whole cap-spaced conversation, he does capture that DP slot, which is so very important in the MLS. So, you know, needless to say, I think the back half of the season or probably even back third of the season is going to be really interesting for our attack to see where everybody settles into our team, even moving in forward to 2021. Yeah, no, it definitely will be. Um, it, it will be very interesting to watch. It, it's kind of it's – it's a interesting situation because – you know, Pellegrini kind of plays and occupies that left winger or, or, or you know, kind of left midfield role, which seems to be changing every single game. So there's nothing solidified. But at the same time, you know, that's not where Gonzalo is going to threaten you. That's not where Pizarro is going to threaten you. That's not where Blaise Batuidi is going to threaten you. So it will be interesting to see that develop. But I think that with the addition of Matuidi and, and Iguain, there will be some changes that are coming to the team that – Honestly, you know, might even be a curveball, you know, to us, and, and and we'll just see what happens. But the the thing to focus on is why all that those extracurriculars happen. You know, is, is the team moving in the right direction? If the team's moving in the right direction, then all that stuff can occur, and everything will be fine. But there is still a fair bit of uh, uncertainty. We, you know, nobody could could really guess what our starting line starting lineup would be from game to game you know? god we sh that's what we should have done we should have actually recorded since like week one every week like what our starting lineup would be and see how crazy yeah. that transition yeah. would be that would have been wild i mean it, it's tough because you know it, it gets mixed up but hey you know w without being this uh this horse too much you know overall love to see how the team is progressing love to see how we're playing now very bright future solid win but now, you know, we're going to get out of our comfort zone a little mm -hmm. bit. We're going to play a team we've never played before. Got and then we're going to play a team that we want to rematch against that beat us. So we have, you know, New York Red Bulls and Philadelphia Union coming up. Um, respectively, we're talking about the Red Bulls on Wednesday and the uh, Union on, is that Saturday or Sunday? I believe it's Saturday, but don't quote me it on that. It might be Sunday. I'm not sure. But they're coming up. We will, uh, we'll have to uh, <laughs> re-update everyone. Um, so just, you know, let's tackle the, the, the option. Sunday. Good first. call, sir. Sunday, Sunday at seven thirty Eastern is Philadelphia union. Excellent. Excellent. But we, uh, so good news is we don't have to wait many days to see another game, which we love as fans. The team might not love that as much because they would like a little more time to rest up and get prepared. But regardless, it's coming here Wednesday against the New York Red Bulls, which I think is a winnable game, but nothing you should take for granted. They do have some good players. They, uh, you know, have a, a pretty decent record. I mean, they're, you know, four, six, and two. Uh, they're have 14 points in a spot. We are in the 11th spot. So if we beat them, we'd be basically tied at 14 apiece with them. But that would definitely bump us up over that 10th spot of the playoffs. So uh, good things coming. There are some players you need to look out for. This was a game that I circled right when it came out. This was a match, you know, I, I think we were all tired of Atlanta United, honestly. I think we were tired Atlanta, of that match. Orlando. All the Fun same teams that you keep playing over and over again. I wanted to see some fresh blood out there, and this was the match. This team is 
very, very winnable. And as Jay mentioned, this match is going on on Wednesday, September 23rd at 8 p.m. And don't look now, but it's a home match. So we've been playing pretty dang well at our home stadium. So we're looking for some good action here this Wednesday. So this New York Red Bulls team, Jay, it, it reminds me a lot of how we looked post MLS's back tournament where we were just struggling trying to find an identity um this is another club funny enough you know similar to I think it was actually Atlanta United that no striker had actually scored a goal so same situation in this match they have not had a striker that scores a goal. So their leading goal scorer is actually a defensive player who's doubled his goal total since last year. So, again, very, very winnable game. Who's that man? Who's that man? You got to go ahead and check that, sir. That's Kyle Duncan. There you go, boss. There we are. We're going to talk about Kyle Duncan in a few minutes along with Kaku and Daniel. Yep, yep, we are. So, um, I, you know, and you got some things you want to say, but just, you know, just quick off the top, as far as leading goal scores, you know, he's talking about Kyle Duncan, defender, 12 matches played, two goals scored. Uh, Daniel uh, Royer, 11 matches played, two goals scored. And then uh, Christian Caceres, who has 12 matches played and one goal scored. Yeah, Kaku is the midfielder. He's a designated player for their club. He plays on the Paraguayan national team and that was announced actually back in 2018 he's got one goal to his name three assists this year so do keep an eye out for him and the the other player that I did want to mention that is playing pretty well he always has in the MLS is Daniel Royer he's an Austrian midfielder he only has two games this year but over the last three years on the Red Bulls, he's put in double-digit goals. So do keep an eye out for him. This is his fifth year on the club. And as Jay mentioned, Kyle Duncan is the leading goal scorer for their club with two. Well, he's tied with Royer. Royer's two as well. So they're, they're, they're tied for the lead. Got it. I think Royer is probably more of a offensive threat for us, but we shall see. I mean, he's got two goals to his name, but Jay, did you happen to see their game the same night against us where they played FC Cincinnati? I did not probably because I was watching Louisville lose to Miami. No, you can say it again, dude. You yeah, were, yeah, you, yeah. you say with pride, dude, sure. go Canes. Uh, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. but there was a cross, Jay, and you got to watch this on YouTube because it was wild, man. There was a cross that got banged in, cross off the set piece corner right into the goal. Oh, Nobody the, oh, touched no, no, it the, the Olympico. off the no, head. I saw the Olympico. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Unbelievable. Off that so, it, it was in tr indeed truly beautiful. It who, who was that? I don't know the name off the top of my head. I don't really it keep track of FC Daniel, Cincinnati. But, um, assist leader-wise, so you already mentioned Kaku. Uh, sorry, Kaku. I keep thinking Kaka, but Kaku, uh, 12 game plays, three assists. Interesting fact, Kyle Duncan also has two assists to his two goals. So this guy is just coming out of the uh, the, the, the defense and, and creating threats. So uh, keep an eye on him. And then last one I would mention would be Florian uh, Vallot which uh, 12 games played two assists. So basically, uh, you know, it's not going to be easy. It is winnable. But, uh, you know, if we make mistakes, we, we could be punished on this team. Honestly, this is, a, this is a perfect game for us right now. This team, terrible body language across the entire team. It, for the last three matches, I'd say they've been holding their heads. I think that this is a team, if we jump on them early and do what we did to Atlanta United, it's going to be very, very difficult for them to come up with a win or even a tie. I think if we just go into this match, it's our home stadium. We're playing on fire down here in South Florida. I think if we just go in, play our match, we'll be totally fine. This that this team, although you know we've talked a lot about the midfield and defensive backs, they have holes up and down the defense. And I honestly think that we're going to go for three goals for the first time this year. Ooh, well, second time. Second time. You're right. right. You're yeah. right. But I think we're going to hit three goals this week, Jay. It uh, very well could be. I mean, I think we're, we're all excited about this game. Um, overall, we have 11 goals for us. They only have nine. Um, but goals against, we have 15. They only have 14. So that will be something to keep an eye on. Goal differential, we're sitting at negative four. They're sitting at negative five. And overall assist, 
Uh, we're sitting at eight and they're sitting at seven. So very winnable. Um, it sounds like this team is kind of that uh, similar, like a triple triple option offense in American football where you don't want to get behind them because if you're up on them, it's much easier to win than if you're behind on them. But yeah. we will see again game Wednesday night. We don't have to wait long. It will be a lot of fun. We will probably be out there being rowdy. What's your predicted score, Jay? What's going down on uh, Wednesday night? Predicted score, I'm going to go with that good old uh, two, two. Oh, I'll say two to one because I think we're going to concede a goal. <laughs> I, and I think it's going to be within five minutes of one of the goals. So uh, I'm going to go with a solid two to one. Hey, I'll take a three to zero or three to one, whatever's in your mind, three to two. I don't care. We'll take that. More goals the mayor, baby. But uh, that'll be fun. That will be coming on Wednesday. We're winning this game three to one. Three to one. You three heard it one. here at the Inter Miami podcast. But we're looking forward to the match. It's going to be a blast. We're looking to. Jay, we I feel like we say this every week now, but we're looking to string together two wins for our first ever winning streak. Yeah, so that's the good news about a, a you know a, a first uh, season. A lot of firsts for an expansion team. You're gonna have a lot of historic firsts, and uh, that's true. I mean, can we can we get another clean sheet? Maybe could it be you know two zero one zero whatever? I don't care. Let's get the W. Let's stay focused, boys. This one is obtainable and very important i know they're all important but you know to be fair we are kind of playing from uh behind at this point doing due to our you know zero and five start well we also six, don't know how many games are going to be let go for the rest of the year too we don't know we expect somewhere between 24 to 28 but uh if we get this game i mean we're in good position we would uh, we would definitely be over you know the the 10th spot threshold to be in the uh the playoffs so you know uh it's not going to ruin the season if we lose it, but we get this dub and, and it's going to make it a lot easier. So let's go boys. Um, besides that, man, uh, we don't really have any more player rumors. I mean, we were got Gonzalo. <laughs> I don't really know who else we're going to get this season. There's probably going to be one more thrown out there at some point, but, uh, you know, keep your eyes peeled. Uh, keep your ears open. Thanks for tuning in as always to the inner Miami podcast. It's been a pleasure. I am Jay Kington alongside the uh, weekly victorious Alex Papa George. Go FSU. Please take down Miami. Uh, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Podcast or on Twitter at InterMIA Podcast. We do have a website. It's InterMiamiPodcast.com and send us an email at jayandalex at InterMiamiPodcast.com. I'm getting good at this. Yes, you are, sir. I'm going to end this show by saying for the last time, Go Canes! Go Cards! Go and Rolls! Go anyone but Canes! We'll be, <laughs> we'll be back with you soon. Please enjoy the game. Have an awesome, awesome start to your week. And as we end every show, Vamos Miami! Vamos Miami, baby!